Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. I am not AJ Hoffman. I'm Sleepy J, filling in for AJ this week. Going to do the college basketball podcast with my main man here, Griffin Warner. You guys can find him on X at the real underscore G Warner. Griffin, good to hear your voice once again. I heard that you and AJ on the last podcast went 2-0 on your best bets. That's right, and uh, we're 2-0 the week before, so we've won four straight. Uh, I'm not going to mention that AJ dropped the one on the dropped the ball on the podcast before that. So that's at least 3-0 for me, last three podcasts, 5-1 and one as a group, because we are a group. We are a team, uh, despite what you might have just heard. But 5-1 and one last six, 4-0 last four. Try to get two more from you and I this time, Sleepy. All right, well, I have a best bet, so I was wondering if I should give one out. So I figure since you guys are so hot, you know, rolling this goose egg that you guys have been going along here with, maybe I can go ahead and screw that up. So I'll go ahead. I'll give it a try, see if I can go ahead and uh, give you guys a best bet winner. Uh, let's go ahead and start out here with Friday game there, Griff. So we'll, we'll cover a couple Saturday games. I mean, we have some more key matchups, a lot of ranked teams, but Friday we have a couple games. And I'm also going to go ahead and give you guys a best bet at the end of the podcast. For one of the Friday games. So we have an interesting matchup here. We have New Mexico. They're going to go ahead on the road here. Play San Diego State. Uh, current line in this one right now. San Diego State minus five and a half. Curious Griffin what you're looking at for that game. Yeah so it's been a kind of an up and down year for San Diego State. I came into the year. I mean of course we saw them go all the way to the national championship game last year. Kind of a surprise run. But I feel like the program was building in that direction. Defenses have been good forever. Uh, and then they finally got a little bit of luck in the tournament, got some decent matchups and, and made a deep run. Um, this year, they were on the same sort of path. Got a big win at Gonzaga, finished non-conference play 14-2 and two with no bad losses, just two road losses to BYU and Grand Canyon. And they've basically been lined like the best team in the Mountain West Conference so far this season. Unfortunately, they've dropped four uh, away games and honestly didn't look great on Tuesday, finally in a home game against one of the upper echelon teams in, in the uh, Mountain West Conference. Did come back. I think only I think they held Colorado State to 11 points in the second half. So that speaks to the defense. But uh, it's been kind of a rough year so far for San Diego State, or at least rough 2024. So a uh, really good team there. New Mexico on the other side had a comeback victory, though they blew a double-digit lead. Uh, for a lot of the game, it felt like uh, against Nevada. Nevada made a late run, took the lead, and then um, squandered it pretty much. But it's two of the, the top-tier teams in the Mountain West Conference, which is looking like one of the best um, non-Power 5 or whatever, however power number of conferences we have left anymore with all the realignment. But it uh, should be a great game. Viejas, where uh, San Diego State plays, is one of the toughest places to play. Um, but I feel like it's kind of... It's not the same as it used to be because it was such a dominant place. They've been dominant there too as well. I think they've, uh, I'm not sure they've even dropped a home game yet this year. So this will be a big, big test for them. But seeing five and a half feels like a pretty big number. That's generally a danger zone for me because a lot of times in college basketball, that's really fighting late fouls to try to hang around and stay within that number. So I'm pretty interested in New Mexico here. I feel like it's a fair amount bigger than the number that I was expecting in the three or four range. So uh, I'm interested in, in the Lobos. I don't love their style of play, and I feel like their coach kind of rolls the ball out there, Richard Patino, the son of Rick Patino, and just lets his his guys take bad shots, which I really just don't think is is a a plan that works in college basketball, at least not at this level. 
but I do think that New Mexico does provide or present some master matchup problems for San Diego State based on just having really good guards. And San Diego State's more of a team of of kind of undersized but talented and physical bigs. So I, I feel like it's a, a pretty good matchup for New Mexico, though they have to fight a very dominant crowd over the past few seasons. All right, so Griff may be taking a look at New Mexico in that one. I don't know what to do with either of these teams, Griff. I tried my luck wagering on games with both of these teams in them, and it, it just didn't go well. And mostly because you know, I'm kind of like the dumpster diver when it comes to college basketball. Like, I'm looking at teams like Utah Tech, Seattle, Cal Fullerton. Like, that's just where I make my money. I feel like yeah. over the last couple of years, maybe like last four or five years or something like that, like just getting out, of, getting away from the bigger name teams, I just always felt like that was kind of like where my comfort zone was. So I was always – you know, going ahead and hammering away with those teams. But the first conference out of like those junk conferences that I mess with, it's always the Mountain West. And I really haven't had a whole hell of a lot of success this year. I got to go back to the last time that these teams played. And San Diego State had a pretty big lead in that game. I think they had a double-digit lead, and then it just slowly got fizzled away there. Yep. And a lot of it, I thought, was due to New Mexico made the proper adjustments. They ended up with 14 blocks in that game. San Diego State just won. And I felt like in that game, the Aztecs, they just got taken out of what they do well, and that's attack the paint, get to the rack. And I felt like New Mexico made those adjustments. I would be with you. I would take the the five and a half points here. I think the line's moving in the wrong direction. I wouldn't be surprised if this comes back down to where it opened at, and this line actually opened at San Diego State minus four. I think maybe – the fact that New Mexico made that adjustment in the second half and they really just figured out San Diego State, that if San Diego State, even at home, if they don't come in here with some type of way to get points in the paint and avoid you know, giving up minus 13 in blocks, that they could end up in a situation where they're outside looking for three-point buckets that just don't go down. So I feel like maybe this is a little bit of an X and O's advantage here for New Mexico. So I'd be with you. I would go ahead and take those five and a half points here with the Lobos on the road. Now, that's a Friday night game. We have a really big card here on Saturday. We'll kick it off here, Griff, with Marquette at UConn. UConn right now, we're going to go ahead and make a projection here. Connecticut Huskies minus five here at home. And this is a big game here in the Big East. Saturday, 3 p.m. tip-off. We got number four Marquette, number one UConn. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the most anticipated, most highly watched games here on Saturday. Defending national champs. I mean, they're 23-2 and on the season. Uh, they've only lost one game within the Big East, Marquette. They're on a little bit of a heater right now. They've won like eight straight games in a row. So I think something has to go ahead and give here. I'll let you go ahead and start this one out there, Griff. Marquette, UConn, I know you'll be watching this one. What do you think? UConn minus five. Yeah, uh, two long win streaks, as you mentioned. Eight for Marquette looks like uh, 13 for UConn. They, uh, I mean, after losing their first game on the road at Seton Hall and Big East play, have been perfect since then. Uh, I, I think these are two, uh, the cream is rising to the top, you could say, in the Big East. Two of the top three um, all lined about similarly when we started the season to win the Big East, Connecticut, Marquette, and also Creighton. Creighton's kind of fallen off, uh, at least not been able to live up to the pace that these two teams have set. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup. I think uh, it's going to be 
probably leaning toward the Connecticut side just because at home uh, I would expect things to go a lot better for them. But I think Marquette, similar to the, the matchup we just talked about with, with New Mexico at San Diego State, uh, I think there are some matchup advantages that favor the road team here. So Marquette, they have a, a really great pick and roll, which is I'm sure from your NBA uh, lifestyle that um, I don't do, I don't dabble too much with, but I know the pick and roll is just the, ultimately the, the most indefensible offensive strategy it feels like in this sport that we love. So um, I think Marquette's great at it. They have a, a really when healthy Tyler Kolick, their point guard is, is awesome and is able to find, make the rest of his team much better. Plus got a ton of points himself at Butler on the road this week. Um, and then Oso Iguodaro is a, a huge, but also very athletic big man. Uh, 6'11", might be a little shorter than that, but listed 6'11", and uh, seems to be very capable at this push shot in the middle of the paint, which most bigs try to get to the rack and, and try to go off the glass or, or try to get as close to the rim as possible. He plays a little bit different of a game, and I feel like with a seven foot two Donovan Klingon on the Connecticut side, there's a little bit less speed agility uh, with that big man versus a very agile Oso Godaro. Um, I think that's going to be a matchup that Marquette probably just goes to over and over and over again until UConn proves they have a plan to stop it. Um, of course, UConn's so great. They lost a lot from last year's national title team, but then replaced a lot of it and are, seem to be just as deep as they were last season. And they do have a, a decent, a far more athletic backup big in Samson Johnson at six foot ten. I just don't know that he's really at the level to be capable enough to defend that pick and roll because I think it's just impossible based on the way the rules of basketball work. So I'm pretty interested in Marquette. I feel like uh, the five that we're projecting might even be a little bit short thinking more about it uh, and seeing Torvik giving Connecticut an eight, like an eight point edge or seven and a half point edge. Um, but I still, I think the five is, is going to be in that foul range. We talked about the last game, uh, but I think there's a good chance that Marquette can win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be probably far less likely than a UConn victory, but I think with five points in my back pocket or even up to that seven or eight type of number, um, I can only look at the Marquette side unless we're talking a much shorter number for UConn. All right, so when we came up with our line projected here, minus five, I immediately just started to think, like, th this line feels a little bit short. Now, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But I think where, where I would have stopped would have been UConn minus eight. For me, I have to look at all three levels here. I think the paint, the free throw line, and the three-point line are the, are the areas where I want to concentrate. And in the paint, I actually think the scoring could be close, but I think the, the Huskies are just a far better rebounding team. So it's kind of like a check mark in that area for the Huskies on the inside. I think the free throw line, that that will 100% be won by UConn. Marquette, they're one of the worst teams at getting to the free throw line and being on the road. Uh, I think that that could be an area where they're going to need to pick up points, but they're not going to you know end up getting there. And UConn, I mean, they're like the third team in the nation when it comes to free throw attempts and very good at free throw percentage as well. So I think UConn will certainly win the free throw line. And when it comes to the three-point line, uh, it's clearly it's just UConn again for me. Between the two teams, when it comes to three-point field goal percentage and three-point defense, it's a few ticks here above Marquette. So when I see like this, like a better team here at home and they can win at all three levels, and I look at the line that we have projected here, I just wonder if Maybe maybe it's a five point line based on that, but I have to factor in UConn at home. So you know you're already thinking maybe it's a little bit short, and I'm kind of thinking the same thing. So it, let's say the line comes out at UConn minus five. 
I'll wager on them. If you're thinking, hey, you know, maybe it's it's minus eight, then that will be probably where I kind of start to back off. But at minus five, if that is the line, that's the line that we're going to go ahead and project. I'll take UConn. If it's eight, it would be a pass for me. So that's where I'm at. I think the home court advantage um, probably isn't factored in enough with with the stats. So that's where I'm at there, Griff. I don't know if you got any final thoughts on that, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. I do. I think there's just how high can they make this number Two of the biggest teams, biggest names in the conference, you know, and, and surely if they are making UConn that big of a favorite, then I think they're uh, potentially sports books are going to prepare themselves for some money on Marquette. Maybe they're comfortable with that sort of thing. But uh, to me, this is a game that could come down to the wire. I think as you get towards that eight or nine region, that's where teams stop fouling late. So it'd be really nice if I could get a nine. I think it's very likely I'll be on Marquette. I haven't really backed a ton of road teams this year. Um, but I, I do think that UConn, I mean, yes, they, they should be better at those levels, as you mentioned, but I think there's a little bit that's kind of the devils in the details, of course, but I think there's a little bit more beyond that with what type of game Marquette can play. And after watching how Marquette played last season and winning the Big Ten, or excuse me, the Big East outright, I think there's a little bit more to Marquette than potentially the, the stat pages will, will shout out. All right, well, solid handicap there all around from everybody. Uh, I guess we'll have to go ahead and wait and find out and see what that line comes out for that game there, Griffin. Let's go ahead and let's jump over to our next game there. Uh, as AJ likes to say, let's go to the SEC. It's just, uh, what does he say? It's bigger or better or something or it means more? Where it just means more, baby. Yeah. It means more. This game means more. So we got Kentucky at Auburn. Auburn right now minus six. Uh, this is going to be the lone meeting between these two teams this year. I kind of thought that that was a little bit weird. Uh, Auburn right now, third team ranked in the SEC. Kentucky is sixth. And when we look at like the projected bracket, because I was looking at this, I was actually wondering if if some way, somehow, Kentucky was on the bubble. But clearly they're not. They're going to be uh, right now like a six seed. Auburn will be the, the three seed. Both of these teams not bad when it comes to covering the spread. Both of these teams above 500. I... I kind of want Auburn here. I, I, I think laying the points here is the way that I want to go. They just don't do a whole lot of things bad outside of maybe just putting teams on the free throw line. But when you're at home, you would expect maybe the referees to go ahead and maybe swallow the whistle a little bit. And I think that that probably gives Auburn a pretty big boost, the fact that they haven't lost here at home at all. And I don't know how you can trust a team like Kentucky to go on the road with as bad as their defense is. Now, sure, Kentucky has a really good offense, but Auburn has both. They can beat you on offense. They can beat you on defense. And the fact that they're home, the fact that they don't lose there, I think that Auburn can go ahead and probably limit Kentucky getting to the line, which is, you know, a Kentucky strength. I feel like Auburn wins this game. It wouldn't surprise me if they won this game by double digits. I think this is one of those games where, I don't want to say they smell blood in the water, but I think that they realize the opportunity that they have to kind of improve their stock because I think Kentucky, what are they ranked, like 22 or something like that? But it is Kentucky. I think that Auburn is going to be at, at probably like their pinnacle here if they go ahead and they beat Kentucky in this game and beat them soundly. So I think Auburn just comes in here guns blazing. They have everything covered on offense, everything covered on defense. And I think Kentucky puts themselves in a position where they're they're shooting from behind and, and shooting up some bad shots. I just envision Kentucky taking a lot of bad shots in this game and Auburn capitalizing. So Auburn for me, minus the six. This was one of my favorite bets on the card. Not my best bet, but one of the bets that I like quite a bit. So Auburn minus six for me there, Griff. 
Yeah, I think with that number as well, it might come a little bit bigger than that as well. But I think based on the six they were projecting, I don't have much to add. I think I'm also on the Auburn side. I think Kentucky, they have a huge fan base, and I think the dollars usually follow them pretty closely. Now, this number would be pretty similar to what Auburn laid to Alabama earlier this season, which, I mean, big rivals and could say that sort of stuff. But this is a game that Kentucky needs. Um, I don't know that necessarily helps them. I'm generally trying to be in the uh, against the team that needs things, but I think there is some possibility that Auburn reverts the mean after shooting 12 for 20 in their uh, game this week against South Carolina. They ended up closing, I think, a 12 point favorite there. But I, I figured the Kentucky, I think they were a six point favorite on the road at South Carolina just probably a month ago or so. Um, so it's seems like to me the numbers are, are spraying all over the place in the SEC and uh, home court is definitely meaning more there than uh, it, it has in the past, I would say. Uh, but Auburn, they've got some pretty ugly stats. I mean, even after a huge three-point shooting night, still middle of the road, 179th in the country, making less than 34% of their threes. And that's after a 60% outing. So we'll see what happens. Kentucky really hasn't been playing great. Got a good win against Ole Miss earlier this week. But uh, to me, that was... to really more of an Ole Miss problem than Kentucky playing very well, it seemed. But uh, I, I guess we'll see. This is a big spot for Kentucky to step up and try to uh, claim that tournament bid, which I, I think we're both in agreement. They're probably in the tournament, and it's going to take a, a colossal collapse in order for them to miss out. But um, I think there's a lot of value fading Kentucky just because of the fan base that seems to blindly bet them uh, every game they play. And I think this is going to be a really tough trip for them to – uh, the Plains, where I think Auburn has won or is one of the longest winning streaks at home of any college basketball team so far. All right, convincing handicap there, Griff, so that makes me feel pretty good. Uh, before we go in and get into our final game here on Saturday and our best bets, Griff, why don't you go ahead and tell the people how they could save some money there at pregame.com. Yeah, use the promo code HOT25 for $25 off any college basketball season access discounted description available now for only $199. You could use that $25, you get $174 for every college basketball pick the rest of the year through March Madness and the Final Four. You could use me if you'd like. You could use AJ. Both of us have been pretty hot in this podcast uh, intermittently throughout the season. But as we've already said coming into this podcast, 5-1 last six in our best bets on this show. And we're doing that like days in advance. So uh, sometimes even a lot harder than our daily wagers. But 4-0 last two pods, pretty good. Can't do much better than that. I'm up over 36 units so far this season. I think I profited 36 last year. Uh, and I think I, with a win today on UCLA, I think I'm actually in the 39 region. So this is a little bit delayed. But, you know, trying to keep that going. I don't know that exactly what my high watermark was last season, but I'm there right now and trying to really set some new records at pregame.com. So use that promo code HOT25, good for $25 off, and we get a little bit of credit for you using it. Uh, at least our bosses look at us a little bit more fondly, so go throw that in there. HOT25, good for $25 off any college basketball season access discounted subscription. I see, Griff, you did good promoting yourself, and you were all worried about There's it. There's still one more that says for uh, Sunday's <laughs> episode, which I get to actually drop my own name in it. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, I thought you did a pretty good job there. You did better than I would have did. So there you guys go. Make sure you guys go check that out at pregame.com. All right, Griff, let's go. Let's jump into our final Saturday game here. We got the Kansas Jayhawks at the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and project a line here, Oklahoma plus four. Griff, I kind of have an interesting take on this one. I wanted to hear what you said first, so I'm going to let you go ahead and lead out with this one first. Kansas, Oklahoma, what do you think? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Well, we got a lot to discuss here because Kansas, we have no idea who's playing for them, unfortunately. Uh, Big injuries that hit them over the weekend. Got a good win against Baylor at home. But unfortunately, they then went on the road and got annihilated at Texas Tech. I would imagine that they probably respond pretty well to that type of loss. But um, I don't know exactly what they're going to look like. Seems like DeWan Harris, our point guard, played through injury uh, really because they were lacking bodies. Kevin McCullough has been in and out of the lineup the last few games with a bone bruise to his knee, uh, came back for that Baylor game, but then missed the game before that, which everyone was said was just to, to rest. Or I think you can even go back to the Houston game, which he was questionable for, played that one. I think played uh, maybe sat out Baylor and then sat out against Texas Tech as well. So I would imagine that they're probably focused, Kansas is, uh, since it seems like the Big 12, winning the Big 12 is is not the, the biggest step for them or biggest prize. They're more interested in trying to get the team healthy for the national championship run in March. So until that happens, I feel like I'm potentially going to be against KU. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the Big 12 every year. They've won more. Uh, Bill Self's lost less home games. Uh, than or games at the Fog in in Lawrence. He's he's lost less games than, than Scott Drew has, the Baylor head coach who plays there once a year, as opposed to Bill Self playing like 15 times or more. 
Um, so that's wild, but I feel like Kansas can be had at this point. Oklahoma on the other side definitely leaves a little bit to be desired. I feel like they have been trending downward for a long time after starting the season off 13 and one, getting their first win at home against a, a pretty good Iowa state team who's certainly peaking at this point in the season. Uh, tough loss on the road at Baylor midweek. I, at this point, I'm just not even, I'm not downgrading teams for losing on the road. It happens. It's really hard to win on the, on the road ever in, in this sport. Um, and I think Oklahoma seeing four points feels like a decent number. Now that certainly that number could move around if there's a, a Kevin McCullough absence again, if, if potentially Jawan Harris, their point guard is out. I mean, who knows what that lineup's going to look like, but I'm pretty interested as soon as I see a number here to potentially jump on Oklahoma again, they're not exactly my favorite. I don't know necessarily that their crowd is great, but I expect OU fans are probably pretty good for Oklahoma state when they're in town for Texas, when they're in town. Uh, but I think most of all, they're most excited for KU because Kansas has been so dominant in the Big 12. So looking to Oklahoma, see what not, that number will look like. Expect them to be an underdog at home, though, at the very least. All right. So I'm all warm and fuzzy now after that because I was worried there, Griff, that maybe you would mess with Kansas in this one. I actually like Oklahoma, and I would probably just go ahead and play them on the money line. I agree with a lot of what you were saying, and I think that Kansas, that they're kind of a team that, in my opinion, they will have some trouble later on down the road. I think when you end up you know, getting in the tournament time, that they're just going to end up struggling against teams that are good, and especially when you have to face good teams day after day after day. Eventually, something is just going to not fall right for them because I think that there are a lot of things with this team that you're going to need when, when those big games come, and they have to like dig into their bag of tricks and I just I feel like that that they're only so good as their starters can play, and we're already talking about starters being out. Uh, they have they're one of the worst bench scoring teams in the entire nation. Uh, they, they they struggle to get to the free throw line, struggle at offensive rebounding, and I think that eventually you need those extra buckets there at some point. Not to mention Kansas, like they're a team that has no problem abandoning the three point shot. And if they just go in there and if they go into Oklahoma here and they just depend on getting in the paint, hitting the mid-range, I think that that these are the type of games where you need to be able to dig into your bag of tricks. So I don't think that's going to happen to them in this particular game. And again, I think it's probably going to end up hurting them in the tournament. I think it'll catch up with them. And you know, being here on the road in a big game, I think fading the Jayhawks is the way to go. Oklahoma, I don't know if you mentioned it, but they do have revenge in this one, but you know, the last time that these teams met, Oklahoma, they were minus 11 in steals and blocks. And I don't know if they could play that sloppy again. I think that they could probably go ahead and clean that up, especially in this game here at home. I expect it to be much, much closer. So I kind of like uh, I kind of like Oklahoma here on the money line. And I understand that like they're a little bit lesser of an opponent, you know, versus some of the teams that Kansas has played and beaten. But I don't know. I just feel like that, that Oklahoma is going to give them a, a, everything that they can handle. And if they have any type of injuries or guys that aren't 100%, they're not going to be able to dig into those bag of tricks. So I'll take Oklahoma here on the money line there, Griff. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreed. Uh, I think I'm, I'm with you on it. I'm, I'm wondering what this number is going to be, because honestly, this one is probably the one I feel least confident about. Who knows about injury reports? It might be one of those, the the whole market opens every game, and this one might get held behind. It's not a normal thing in college basketball. Usually, I feel like that's like an NFL thing if you don't know if a quarterback's playing or not. Uh, but I feel like in this game, there's so much up in the air about Kansas right now, and I feel like the Big 12 
regular season title might be beyond their grasp. So they might be more focused on the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament trying to get some guys healthy before the, uh, the run in March. I always feel like when you're looking at a team like Kansas or you're looking at a team like Kentucky, especially when injuries involved, that unless it's like the number one most marquee player on that team, that really, really makes a difference. If you have a couple guys that are dinged up or maybe, you know, maybe a number four guy or something like that that sits out, I think the books are less likely to go ahead and move the number because they know they're going to take Kansas and Kentucky money. So we might actually get end up getting some value here, the fact that, you know, there there are some injuries, but it is Kansas and, and they just get so heavily back that, you know, the books they probably look at and be like, you know what, let's let's not, you know, make too much of an adjustment here. We're gonna end up with a pretty good handle on this game. I hope you're right. So that'll wrap up the Saturday games. Let's go ahead and let's jump into our best bets here, Griff. Uh, I have a Friday best bet. I'm guessing you probably have a Saturday. Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, like you said earlier on the show, I mean, the show's been hot. So uh, you're just taking over a chair and you're going to stay hot too. I will. I will. So let's go do Friday. I want to look at another dumpster game here because these are my favorite. We're going to look at Brown and Princeton. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the total under 141. Both of these teams are going to be on a back-to-back, and you don't get a whole lot of back-to-backs in college basketball, especially these Ivy League teams. But these teams just played, and they scored 130 points in that game. This total is 11 points higher. Now, look, I get it. You can look at the points per game on offense, points per game for defense, and you end up with a number very similar to this. But I think the back-to-back situation is unique, and here's why. As I was just talking about in the last game, one of the flaws with Kansas is their bench scoring is very bad. Well, you have to go ahead and look at that in a back-to-back situation. And both of these teams, Brown and Princeton, are absolutely terrible when it comes to bench scoring. Brown, 317 in the nation. I mean, there's only what, Griff, 363 teams. So, I mean, this is bottom of the barrel bench. If you're on a back-to-back, when are you going to dig into that bench? Are you just going to go to your bench in game two? But no, I think they'll split it up. And Princeton's like 297th, so they're almost sitting there like in the 300s too. It, it really just comes down to the bench scoring for me and the result that we had in the last game. It went under by 11, and I know that this is a back-to-back with terrible benches that aren't going to be able to put up points. And if they're out there on the floor, you know, going ahead splitting minutes today and splitting minutes you know, the next day, I, I just feel like this is a, a, a wager that's, that's good to make and that this number is just way, way too high. I would probably make this somewhere around – maybe like 135 based on the points per game, you know, offense and defense. So I feel like this number is probably going to come down. So I'm going to go ahead and make my best bet there, Griff. Brown, Princeton, Friday night under 141. What do you got? Yeah, I like it. Also, uh, Princeton with their biggest match of the year, hosting Yale on Saturday. So that is uh, Mm -hmm. a bit of a look-ahead spot as well to add on there. I'm going to go stay in the Big 12. We've talked about it so much so far. Uh, Cincinnati on the road at Central Florida. I expect UCF to be a slight favorite, maybe in the the two to four range. That's usually where I've been making my money this year, and uh, that's certainly a play I want to make. Cincinnati, I think, has been struggling. Both these teams' first years in the Big 12, but uh, I think Central Florida has been really good at home. They knocked off that Kansas team we just talked about there. I think also be the Oklahoma team, so they swept that entire matchup we just talked about as one of our headline games. Uh, I'm really interested in potentially Central Florida making a little bit of a run to try to improve their seed for the Big 12 tournament because I think they're going to need a really deep run to be considered for the NCAA tournament, probably need to win it. Uh, but should be a small favorite at home to Cincinnati. I think uh, I'll lay the points on the home team, and uh, I think Cincinnati's going to have a lot of trouble, as they've had for a lot of this Big 12 
calendar, but they really built up their metrics with a dominant out of conference, non-conference schedule. And I think the big 12 is kind of teaching us exactly who they are. So take central Florida minus four. I'd like probably about as high as I'd want to go, but I think they probably win this game handily. So pretty much uh, wherever the, the range central Florida should open, I'm pretty interested in the golden Knights as a home favorite. All right, good stuff there, Griff. So you guys got our best bets. You got a couple games there Friday, bunch on Saturday. Griffin got me brushed up here on some of the ranked teams that I normally don't typically look at uh, until right around this time of the year. So I guess maybe I'm hitting my stride, uh, right in stride here. So Griff, it was good to have you on. Thanks for letting me go ahead and host this one. Hopefully I can go ahead and keep this undefeated best bet record that you guys got going. Don't know if you got anything else to wrap up the podcast. Nope. Just want to thank you, Sleepy, for coming on, uh, filling in for the big guy. AJ will be back on Sunday, assuming everything goes according to plan. And uh, we'll be back with hopefully another 2-0. and All right. Well, there you guys go. Again, follow Griffin on X at the real underscore Gene Warner. You guys can go ahead and follow me at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Make sure you guys get over to pregame.com. Use that promo code HOT25. Wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>